Welcome to the America's Quarterly Podcast. I'm Brian Winter. At the beginning of the pandemic, Argentina seemed to be a model for building political consensus around how to handle the virus. But in recent weeks, that has started to fall apart. The grieta has come back, the polarization has come back. I always thought that with this economic crisis, we were heading to a new round of political polarization. And finally, this is what we are seeing. As recently as six to eight weeks ago, it seemed like Argentina was in relatively good shape. Its COVID caseload was pretty low, especially compared to neighbors like Brazil. Uh, It seemed like there was also a degree of political consensus still around need for social distancing and other measures during the pandemic. The economy was struggling, no doubt, but seemed to be holding things together. And then Argentina reached a deal with its creditors, putting an end to its ninth sovereign debt default. But over the last couple of weeks, it seems like things have started to fall apart for Argentina again. Over a recent seven-day period, the country reported 2,306 deaths. That's a rate of 5.2 per 100,000. Globally, according to the New York Times database, that puts Argentina only behind St. Martin in the Caribbean in per capita virus deaths in that period. It's also been a really rough period for the economy. Morgan Stanley now expects a 12.7% decline in GDP this year. Uh, That's significantly worse than the Latin American average and second worst in the region, only behind Peru. New capital controls have been really scaring people. So today, uh, you know, I'm joined from Buenos Aires by Alejandro Carreberg, who is the founder and director of the polling firm Poliarquia Consultores to try to help make sense of some of what's happening right now, also the effects on public opinion. Alejandro, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Brian, for the call. So Alejandro, I mean, if we could start just by talking about the general mood. Regular listeners know I lived in Argentina during a very troubled period from 2000 to 2004. I know that there's always kind of a tendency to compare what's happening now versus what happened back then, which was the worst crisis uh, in the country's history. How does it feel right now for somebody who lived through both? I mean, from both an economic perspective and kind of the the impact that everything is having on people's mood and day-to-day life. We are far away in economic terms, in political terms, and even in social terms from 2001 and 2002. The political system now is totally different to what it was at that time. Maybe we can compare the crisis that we are heading now with what happened in Argentina during 2008 and 2009, no? the big financial crisis in the world, the impact of that crisis in Argentina growth, and also the political consequences that we have at that time, basically the Kirchner government losing for the first time an election and basically starting its radicalization against the media, against the justice, and starting big nationalization programs. So I think right now at the stage of the political and economic situation that we are seeing in Argentina, I think it's more fair to compare to those years than to do the comparison with the 2001 and 2002. But the big question is how things are going to develop in the next few months and how deep the the economic crisis can go. Because right now, as as you said in the introduction, 
the political scenario, the economic scenario, the society are basically in a very fragile situation. Why specifically does it feel different? Because, I mean, the numbers, if you just look at the math, if you look at the numbers from the outside, what's happening right now in the economy is is really bad and comparable to what we saw in 2002. I mean, the economy contracted 19% in the second quarter compared to the previous year. Those are you know, those are those are numbers on a par with la crisis de los mil uno. What is it specifically that feels different this time? Is it just that there are more social support measures in place that you don't have? I remember being there during that period and just seeing, you know, the cartoneros, which were the people who were going through trash and dragging their wagons behind them. I mean, just, are there just more protections in place this time around? If we talk, Brian, in economic terms, basically two big things. One is the, the one you just mentioned, all of the social programs that has been put in place during the Nestor Kirchner and Christina Kirchner years. In Argentina now, there are 70 million people who receive some kind of help from the state, from programs or pensions or whatever. That is roughly 40% of Argentine population. But also, the big collapse of the crisis in 2001 was the, the collapse of the convertibility and the financial and banking crisis that basically end up with the banks not allowing people to take the money out of their accounts. And right now, even in these days that the government has put some more capital controls, the whole financial system is much, much stronger than what it was in 2001. And supposedly, there should not be any doubt that dollar deposits are not at risk in Argentina as it was in 2001. And now at some point, the big risk is how big is going to be the devaluation and how sooner or later that devaluation will happen. No? And, and the government trying to postpone that devaluation. We have a flexible exchange rate right now in Argentina that at some point what is going to happen is that will, will trigger and we will see probably uh, if the government is not able to gain some credibility from the people and the market, well, at some point we want to see a, a new big devaluation, but nothing like what we saw in 2001. Uh, I'm not saying that the, the, the context right now in Argentina is difficult. I think it's very difficult. This year it's going to be the third consecutive year of recession with very high inflation. Uh, over the last 10 years, six of them have been under recession. Argentina society is quite tired, is quite pessimistic. We in Poliarchia, we have an index that is the, we call it the Society Optimist Index. And basically, it has been on the negative side over the last five years in a row. So with a few exceptions in just in the electoral month, what it represents is another society that is basically getting tired of politicians. Right now in Argentina, there are only three or four politicians who have a net popularity positive. As I said, I think the situation is quite challenging, and I think there is a big risk that if the economic crisis continues, if we see more higher inflation, higher unemployment, at some point next year, maybe we can see in the election something like we saw in the election in 2001. I, I'm not taking that scenario out of the table right now. One other characteristic, and then I, I think we can leave the comparisons with 2001 behind, but... You know, one other characteristic of that era was that you saw just people on the streets all the time. And today that's not possible because of quarantines and other social distancing requirements. But 
just being there and talking to friends and looking at the polling and the way that you do with your professional work, how would you describe the general attitude of society right now? Are people more tired, sad, frustrated? I mean, what do you think are the best words to describe Argentine society at the moment in a country that, as you point out, has already been through a rough couple of years? Basically, disappointment. People is worried. Around 75, 80% of people is still very scared of coronavirus in Argentina. People is worried about the employment situation. And of course, prices are going to be a big factor. Inflation has been under control for Argentina standards because in part of, of the recession, because in part of the control measurements that the government has put in place. So in the last few months, Argentina inflation has been running at a 2% a month. That is half of what has been running in, in the last year and a half. But little by little, inflation will catch up, and that will be an extra impact in the society. And we're starting to see the political consequences of that. A week ago, we have a big crisis with the police of Buenos Aires province complaining in front of the House of the President about their salaries. And that triggered a political crisis in which the government used that excuse of the police forces asking for higher salaries to take money out of the, the federal taxes to Buenos Aires City and change it from the hands of Rodríguez Larreta to the Kisilov in Buenos Aires province. So there is a number of issues that are creating political and economic problems, and, and the society is watching all that. I think that we are facing a big risk that in next year elections, we can see uh, some kind of realization of the demands of the society to the issues that politicians discuss. And that could be expressed in some kind of outsider coming in or a big victory of the opposition. But we are far away yet to, to try to predict that. Well, so let's talk about politics a little more. Early on during the pandemic, there was this one image of Argentine politics that became iconic for a lot of people who, who follow Latin American politics. And that was this image of the president, Alberto Fernandez, seated at a table with the governor of Buenos Aires province, Axel Kisilov, and the mayor of Buenos Aires City, Horacio Rodriguez Larreta, who is, of course, from the opposition party. And I got to tell you, as somebody who follows Brazil most of the time and also lives in the United States, seeing this image of kind of bipartisan harmony or not quite consensus because they didn't agree on everything, but at least they had the ability to sit there at the same table. This was you know, seen as very positive, um, especially in a country like Argentina that is so famously polarized that the word la grieta has become well known outside the country as the term for the split amongst you know, kind of the two sides. Where are we? Where are we now? I mean, as I, I get the feeling reading the Argentine press and kind of watching Argentine television that those positive feelings that we felt very early in the pandemic, that they've become more complicated. What do you see and what does your polling tell you? Those days are over. Uh, those were the days in which the people in the center of both coalitions, including the leaders of the moderate sector of both coalitions, no? Alberto Fernandez as, as a potential representative of the more pragmatical and moderate Peronists, and Rodríguez Larreta as a representative of the moderate sector of the Cambiemos coalition, were clearly on the center of the spot in Argentina. 
that helped them become the two most popular leaders in Argentina. That helped Alberto Fernandez to get to something like 80% approval rating over those months. Of course, there was a, a, a rally around the flag effect in Argentina. And Alberto Fernandez, in the first two or three months of the crisis, uh, used that to consolidate his popularity. But that has started to vanish away. Alberto Fernandez's popularity is still high. He still is clearly above the 50%, close to 60% approval rating. But the general mood has totally changed. Of course, the grieta has come back. The polarization has come back. So what seems to be something that could help Alberto Fernandez, the pandemic and the coronavirus crisis, in my opinion, what it did was finish the idea that a moderate sector of the Peronist party could gain control over the harder lines of the, of the Kirchnerist sector. I always thought that with this economic crisis, we were heading to a new round of political polarization. And finally, this is what we are seeing. That said, I mean, his approval rating is still relatively high by global standards, by Latin American standards. What is your feeling for the specific pressures that he is under right now? What is it that, you know, if you could get into President Fernandez's head for a couple of seconds, where is he feeling the most pressure and from whom right now? No, I think basically in economic terms, the pressure comes from from what is going on on, on on the street, basically. The economy, as you said, is, is going down around 40%. Employment is suffering. Uh, they are losing trust of the investors. And even after the negotiation with, with the bondholders, the, the price of Argentina bonds are almost close to the price of a country default. No? So, And of course, the, in political terms, Cristina Kirchner has the capacity to basically still constrain the whole political system. And what is what is she pushing for right now? Well, Christina Kirchner's agenda, I think, is quite clear. I think in her agenda, there are four elements. One is everything related with what she calls the lawfare, no? the, the fight for immunity and revenge to everybody that has accused her and her family and members of her government of being involved in corruption scandals. So basically... She's going and pushing to try to make all of her judicial situation more easy. Also some kind of revenge there against members of the Macri administration, members of, of the media, members of, of the judicial system against the Supreme Court. So there is an element of political revenge in Christina Kirchner's agenda. Also, I think in her agenda is the consolidation of La Campora as the next political generation in Argentina. Can you briefly explain to our listeners what that is? Well, La Campora is a, a political group within the Kirchnerism that was created by Cristina Kirchner's son, Maximo Kirchner, who now is the president of the Peronist bloc in the House, in the Congress, and basically has been a much more ideological political group with a very strong narrative toward the left of the Peronist party, who has been growing by collecting young militants or young politicians across the country. And little by little, La Campora is gaining control of many different roles or, or positions in the state. Are, are they the ones who are behind this, you know, sort of recent talk of nationalizations? I mean, first you had 
what was a, a concerted effort that was then aborted to uh, nationalize a, a major grains company. And then recently there were headlines with talk about perhaps creating a state entity for mobile phone service. Is that the group that is sort of coming up with these ideas? Yes. Clearly they have a, a much more left-wing ideology when they tried the nationalization of that company, Vicentine, uh, Alberto Fernandez publicly said that the project was an idea of a member of La Campora, a very young senator from Mendoza who is very close to Cristina Kirchner. And as I was saying, Brian, this La Campora group has been growing and it's been having much more higher influence in Argentina politics in the last few years and months. And clearly, there is a, a potential crisis there between the more traditional sector of the Peronist Party and all of these young guys coming from La Campora. Right now, they have around 30 seats in the House. They have around 15 seats in the Senate. Axel Kisilov, who is not exactly a member of La Campora, but is a very close ally and has always been very close to all of the people in La Campora, is now the governor of the biggest province in Argentina. They have started to win local cities. So now you have many mayors who are part of this political agrupation. And basically, as we were talking, I think one of the things in Christina Kirchner's agenda is the consolidation of that group. And basically, uh, they control what they call here las cajas políticas. Basically, the, the different agencies in, in the national government that has resources that are being used to do prop politics. No, so they control ANSES, they control PAMI, they control Chasireta, they control Loteria. And by controlling that money, they have much more capacity to keep growing its political group across the country. Money is power in a situation like that, no question. Let me ask you this, though. I mean, you do polling. Is that vision that they, that La Campora and others associated with them, is that what a plurality of Argentine society wants right now, or are most people kind of in another ideological place? No, right now they are not there. Let me give you a short description of right now how Argentina society, you can divide it. We have made a, a political segmentation of Argentina society in, in Poliarquia, and basically you have around 25% of the people who are Cristinistas, Okay. People who basically love Christina Kirchner and support Christina Kirchner ideas and all of this kind of political agrupation and, and more uh, left-wing ideas, statization, nationalizations. On the other hand, you still have around 20% of Argentinian people who are Macristas, no? who, who like Mauricio Macri and support him. But then in the middle, you have like 50% of Argentinian people who said, I don't longer want to hear anything regarding Macri, neither Christina. Okay, so... You have 50% of the people who says, let's move on. We are tired of these two guys. Of course, within that 50%, we made a, a, a division in three. You have one third of that is anti-Peronist independent voters. Then you have around another sector of that that are traditional Peronist voters who don't longer like or support Christina Kirchner. And then in the middle, you have like 20% of Argentine society who are the traditional uh, medium voter. So that is the general picture. So when you look at this, you basically have only 25% of the people who are Cristinistas or, or who, who support those kind of ideas that we were talking about, La Campora. For example, I have a question that we made recently. So different social groups took land 
And of course, that was all over the media. And we asked society if they agree with that. And basically, you have 80% of the people saying the state has to defend private property at any cost. So it is not true that 50% of Argentina society support the kind of ideas that Cristina Kirchner and the Campora members, but with the 25% that they have, they are able to constrain the whole political system. That's fascinating and, and you know, reflective of what we've seen in other countries as well, including my own, but also countries all over Latin America, where you you see that that hard ideological core, whether it's on the left or whether it's on the right, the energy and the power is with them, even when you then dig into polling and it becomes clear that, you know, we're, in some cases you're talking about 20, 25, 30 percent of society. I mean, we see similar things in, in, uh, in Brazil. We see similar things in Mexico where, you know, the, the real, real hardcore is, is not representative of society at large, but, but they're the ones who are calling the shots right now. It's a very good description of also what is happening here. I mean, you have the silent majority. And, and the silent majority in Argentina is, is, is clearly more than or something like around 50% of Argentinian people, but they're silent. They are not involved in politics. And, and politicians have typically a bias and they tend to misread or, or, or basically mix the demands of the people who belong to the strong minorities with the demands uh, and the wishes of the silent majorities. And when you look at the surveys, uh, as we were talking at the beginning, you realize that these people that belong to the silent majorities right now in Argentina are suffering a lot and are very, very disappointed with politicians and politics in general. So, Alejandro, I mean, moving towards a conclusion here, I actually come away from this conversation a little bit more optimistic, a little more encouraged about what's happening in Argentina than I was before, you know, in part because, as you explain, the economic situation, while dire, is not as bad as it has been in recent moments in the past. But also politically, it sounds like you still have, you know, a situation where, I guess, political power and popular opinion are diffuse enough that no one group or no one individual is likely to get too much power and be able to just kind of do whatever they want. Does that sound accurate to you? I mean, it it sounds almost like, you know, things aren't going to get better, but they might not get as bad as we've seen in previous moments in Argentine history. I'm not that optimist about the near future in Argentina. Of course, let me tell you something that I regularly talk with my clients and and investors who call me, is I don't think we are heading towards Venezuela. And and, and let's put this very clear. I mean, the amount of power that Cristina Kirchner now has is much, much less than what she had in 2011 when she won the re-election. Basically, when when you just do a small comparison between the situation in 2011 and right now, you will clearly see that, for example, in 2011, she won with something of more than 30 points difference against the candidate who finished in second place. And the opposition was totally fragmented. When they won last year, they won only by a margin of eight points. Now we have a big coalition that was created by Macri before he he was elected president, and that big anti-Peronist coalition remains in place. 
In 2011, Christina Kirchner had 70% approval ratings. Right now, she's in the low 30s. And the most important thing, she has to resign to become the presidential candidate because there was a big, big chance that if she was the head of the ticket, they could have not won last year's election. So basically, now she's the VP and she, she was not able to become the, 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 the president. So going back to, to your comment, what comes next is quite difficult to, to read because there is not capacity to create some common ground within the different political parties. So probably in the next few months, what we will see, Brian, is more economic crisis, more unemployment, more inflation, more poverty, more crime, more insecurity. So I don't know how the government is going to be able with, to deal with that. The situation is, is not a very good one. And I'm quite pessimist, to, to put it in just a few words. I think things will become worse before they, they become better. Yeah, I think that's true in a lot of the world here in in late September, early October 2020. And certainly we'll be wishing you and all of my friends in Argentina best of luck getting through it as, as well as we can. Alejandro, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the America's Quarterly Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave us a review, give us a rating, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. The America's Quarterly Podcast is produced by Brendan O'Boyle and Katie Hopkins. America's Quarterly is an independent, not-for-profit publication of America's Society and the Council of the Americas. This has been Brian Winter. Thanks for joining us.